you know, the struggle that a lot of men have is that they believe for the most part that it's very, it's very rare to find a woman who's going to stay with you. She's got to really see the, the talent and the potential within you. But first of all, you've got to see it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Men on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. Today, my guest is Nakata Brown. And Nakata and I have a really cool conversation, very open, by the way, very honest, very vulnerable about relationships and not in the traditional sense. We have a we have a conversation about men needing to take breaks either in their relationship or from relationships to work on themselves, to be better in the relationship or evolve the relationship or create space for their partners in the relationship for them to evolve. We're going to talk about that. It's a little bit of a different concept on relationships. And I really like the way Nakata puts it. He's an expert in the space. He wrote a really cool book. So let me, uh, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get from this episode. Real quick, you know what I'm going to say. If you haven't yet joined the Men on Purpose community, you need to. It's so much fun. We're doing so much great stuff in there. So much benefit and value to the guys and women in there. There's a lot of women. And just remember, Men on Purpose doesn't mean it's for men. There's more women that listen to this podcast than men. It's a 65-35 split. Men on Purpose means Aaron and I. We are men on purpose, being purposeful, doing purposeful, adding value in a purposeful way, coaching purposefully, leading and, and being models of people on purpose. We just happen to be men. So don't get turned off by the name. I know that's come up for some people. Don't let that limit you. There's so much value here that you can get from this. So don't let it limit you. So join the mental purpose community. Come have fun with us. Mondays and Thursdays are free coaching days. Come in there. It's awesome. If you've got a challenge, something you're facing, maybe the first challenge you need to do is just admit that you have a problem or a challenge in your life. And then secondly, bring it to us. Practice some vulnerability, some openness and honesty, some communication skills. And let us help you. We'll guide you. We promise. We will get you to a different elevated place by the end of the call. That's my guarantee. That's our promise. So let's talk about Nakata. What are we going to learn today on this episode? We are going to learn about taking breaks for yourself, focusing on you to ensure that a relationship can get better, can evolve. Because look, at the end of the day, the relationship is not a real thing. It's the, it's the combination or the culmination of two people coming together and creating that relationship. It's the result of. So you don't work on the relationship. You work on the two people that make up the relationship. And what we're going to talk about today are a couple different topics. One, escapism. Another one is creating a dating profile by affirming what you do want, by eliminating what you don't want, and like getting real clear about that. Even if you like, we have an exercise in mental purpose in our coaching and our mastermind. We have an exercise where on one side you create, you put a list of what you don't want, which then creates a list of what you do want. You're gonna you're gonna hear me explain that inside this episode. We're gonna talk about physical, emotional, and intellectual uh, attraction entering relationships with traumas and getting clear on those traumas between uh, both in you and in your partner, female validation, strategic courting, choosing based on scarcity, dating at your level above or below. We're going to talk about eliminating the facade that you put on to attract people and being the most authentic version of you possible. Talk about creating space for yourself and your partner. Usually this happens a lot in marriages 
where a partner doesn't feel the space created for them to share openly or honesty or honestly, or be really who they want to be and reveal their most authentic self. We're going to, we're going to figure out how to do that today in this episode. And we're also going to talk about how to know when to end a relationship. So Nakata is, let me just give you one paragraph from his bio that I really love that really turned me on to him. Former photographer and wellness coach Nakata Brown wrote heart on break in 2016. That was his book. He was amongst the first authors advocating for modern men to actually take a complete break from relationships to focus on becoming better men before starting to date again. That's so cool. I love that. So after his own life-altering experiences and dysfunctional relationships that led to the writing of his book, he's been speaking with and working with thousands of men since 2016 and has a very unique vantage point on the state of men's work, the online manosphere leveling up, and all the ins and outs of what modern men call masculinity today. That's what we're going to do. You ready? Let's jump in. Here we go. All right, Nakata. Dude, this is, this is, um, I was going to tell you all this before we started recording and figured, you know what, let's just, let's do this while we record. Cause it'll, it'll just open some stuff up. So when you're like agents sent over your one sheet, what really called out to me was this line. Uh, he was amongst the first authors advocating for modern men to actually take a complete, complete break from their relationship to focus on becoming better men before dating again. Absolutely. That's so clear, right? It's so clear. And, one of the things that we advocate an open space for is for, for men and women who are in our group to understand things in their lives that are no longer serving them or reasons why they have things in their lives that are distracting them for their, from their own growth. Or as a third thing, something they're using as an escape or a deterrent or an avoidance tactic to avoid their own growth or looking internally as deep as they can. Right. Absolutely. And that's, dude, that's where we got to start is it's so clear. Like most guys are in relationships because why? I, I just like what you said, like, as a matter of fact, right. I had a buddy visit me recently and um, we were talking about escapism and the, the various forms of escapism that most people don't even really realize that they're engaged in. And, you know, I've, I've been saying this so much lately on the level that men don't even really understand how much escapism is involved in their relationship pursuits most of the time, simply because guess what? It's a part of our conditioning. And if it wasn't done by other men, or given to us, this condition wasn't specifically done or influenced by other men. It's the women who did it. So the whole social educational system, the entire society encourages us ever since we were boys to literally attach ourselves to women for validation seeking purposes and getting away from that. Like, you know, the amount of men that I work with in my coaching is it's, it's, it's so difficult. It's, it's not really as easy as um as it sounds of course because i could tell guys oh work on your purpose work on yourself but they're gonna be like what does that mean like i haven't actually been encouraged to do that ever but i've been told i should have a girlfriend right right or like culturally when uh when di different cultures have i think different um extremes or different like extremes in expectation right and they're like why aren't you married? Why aren't you don't want you to have a great job? Why aren't, why aren't, why didn't you get into this school? And 
puts a lot of pressure on how many guys I, I always think about this. How many guys just, let's just isolate guys. For example, mm-hmm. are, are in a relationship that they know they shouldn't be in yet. They stay because it's convenient or it's too hard to get out or there's money or kids or a house involved. I mean, what's the percentage in your opinion? That if I were to young? guess, bro, I would literally say it's somewhere around 50 to 60 percent, honestly, yeah. because I would say probably more. Yeah. I mean, and that's my low estimate, actually. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, because if I just think about my my relationships in the past, sure, there were some women that you were with that you really liked, really enjoyed. But it's like as you grow as a man or as a person, because women suffer from this as well, too, as you grow and ascend to other heights of understanding yourself, it doesn't really guarantee that the other person is growing with you. And even though they might be a good partner, a good provider, um, she might be good looking, right? She may have your children, but the truth is you may stay for that old fashioned saying it's cheaper to keep her. Yeah. And, and I think that's the case for a lot of guys who aren't even married. <laughs> They're just there <laughs> because this is the place to be and you don't want to be alone. A lot of guys do not want to be alone. Yeah. And it's interesting because that fact of just not wanting to be alone. So two schools of thought here. One is they stay in something they're miserable in, knowing that they're limited in their own growth because of the environment that they're in, which is one. And two, how how many, like, I, I feel like when there are challenges in the relationship, that's when we really have to step up. I'm just talking like as a man for my own relationship, I not only had to step up and work on me to bring my part of the relationship up, right. Ascend and level up and evolve it. Yet I also had to grow and evolve me to be able to open that space up for my wife to be able to do that work. Ah, that's so key. And and this, I, I talk about this in my book as well too. The simple fact that that, you know, that is, that's hard. And the truth is, you know, unless you were really in tune with what you needed when you chose your partner, it's going to be a very difficult process to have someone grow with you. Because in many cases, when you begin to ascend to other heights of your own being, like there's a, there's a great chance that she's going to be like, who are you? Like, you know, and, and where, who is this person? You're, you're changing, you're evolving. And I'm not so comfortable with that. And that may be the case because I've spoken to many women who will say that that's the case. They've grown or outgrown their partner and um, they don't know what to do next, except for end it. And it usually does end like that, but it's, 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 it's a healed man's game to be in the helping your partner evolve process because it's just not easy it's just not easy at all you you would just, you, know? you would have had to chosen for um correctly in the first place to make it through yours and her growth simultaneously yeah i mean and how hard is that like how, how many of us at 24 or even 30 really understand ourselves enough to be able to pick a partner in the most purposeful manner it's just weird you know it's, it's really that. difficult I, I yeah. can't say, you know, like you have some people who for sure have had, you know, better influences in, in the sense of 
okay, this is the type of woman, but you know, let's just be honest, even if our parents were really good at directing us, they're, you know, my, my dad's 79 years old. So like, you can kind of imagine the difference in sure. dating in the fifties and sixties versus <laughs> um, what we're dealing with in the, in the, in the last 30 or 40 years. So it's like, it's a really culture clash in some cases. So like to even know what to do on your own, or even if your parents taught you, it's, it's just not, it's just not an easy road to, to travel for most men, honestly. And at 24, I think I knew what I liked for sure, but I, I think I knew what I didn't like more. And so yeah. like knowing what you don't like usually brings that to you, even though you think you're saying, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. But you're literally just attracting it by it because you you speak that more than what you want. You don't know what you want yet because you haven't it hasn't really been demonstrated to you. So it's, it's a hard game. And even at 30, even at, even older, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not easy. There's so many things that come up for me while you're while you're saying those things. And it's like, where can we go? Here, let me back up. Mm-hmm. What I like to do is when guys come to me and 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 either they're they've been divorced and now they're like, what do I do now, man? And they go, right. work on you. You work on you, just like you're saying, you work on you because as you expand yourself out you're going to naturally attract a higher caliber of person, not Certainly. not woman or man, just person into your life. Not only your romantic life, your inner circle life, your friends, those kind of things will be naturally elevated as you evolve. So the interesting piece is I, I encourage men to create a dating profile, not like in the traditional sense. It's almost like what you said, like understanding what you don't want to then really get clear on what you do. And some people will say to me, well, isn't that negative? Aren't I casting out this negative thing to the universe? And I'll say, not really. You're showing the universe, you're getting real clear on what you you do not want anymore because you got clear and now you understand what you do want. Do you agree with that? Would you encourage people to do that? I feel like I agree with it 100% from the perspective that you really do have to practice like, you know, affirming what it is that you want. It's no different than choosing a career. It's no different than having goals that you set, regardless of what age you, 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 you set those up. Like, you know, if you knew ever since you were a child that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that no one's going to come along and, and say, hey, you work my job. You know what you want. So I think it's a good practice for men after they've reached a certain point and after they have a clear understanding of what we're dealing with with women these days, because what you want may not necessarily be easily available or easily accessible, but knowing it really just increases your ability to attract it. Like you said. Yeah. And say no to the things that you know, won't serve you, even if it's, Oh my gosh, that's a big one. Like lust and sexual attraction or physical attraction, you know, like, okay, let's be honest. I'm really attracted to this person. However, I know there's no depth here. And maybe you, Maybe you have a conversation and say, look, at you know, this is what I'm looking for long term. And if you want to, well, it's, let's, let me ask you that. Is it dangerous, in your opinion, for somebody to, and this isn't just men to women necessarily. I'm speaking in general in terms of relationships. So uh, anybody that's listening that isn't into women, like, let's just call it as human beings attracted to human beings. This is what we're talking about, human growth and involvement, development. Like, is it appropriate to say to somebody? 
look, this is what I'm into long-term. And I don't really see that here. However, I'm willing to play short-term and maybe open it up and see, or do you just be totally honest and go, look, I'm, I'm really physically attracted to you. I don't see a, a, like a huge future. This is what I'm looking for. And you paint that picture and then just be okay with a short-term more physical relationship. I don't know if that's as healthy. I really feel as if that's the standard though. I, you know, that's where we've fallen as a society and, you know, the conditioning that we have, like it's, it's just as hard for women to refuse that physical compatibility that, you know, cause attraction is not a choice. We know that. Right. So you feel what you feel and those chemicals start doing what they do and they override a lot of judgment, a lot of sound <laughs> judgment that you need to have. So like, <laughs> we, you know, like that's a part of the whole issue that we're having. So being able to say that and express that to a woman, sure, it's good. At least you set that standard, but still, in my opinion, embarking in that relationship somewhat waters down or, you know, reduces your ability to actually get what you want, because now you're yeah. essentially conditioning yourself to temporary things, which means that when you are faced with issues, you may actually respond based on temporary relationships. Like I was, I was in a relationship with someone whom, you know, we were just hooking up and we had that same stance that this is, this is a hookup. And then yeah. we got a little bit more into it. And when it became like a, 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 a more solidified relationship, she was still behaving in the same pattern as if we, you know, where we were before, where I'd not talked to her for a couple of weeks at a time or a couple of months at a time, because we were just a physical thing. I see you when I see you, you come and go. Yeah. But then when we really tried, a lot of the patterns were of this transient relationship thing status that we, we, we were before, it was still there because it's hard to beat these habitual patterns. So I, I say it's good to have that honesty, but it's also to me, you know, it represents your standards to say no, it really yeah. does. What about, what about guys that are like taking your example there? What about guys that are in it for the physical, in it for the short term or kind of like playing one foot in one foot out? because they're afraid to get hurt how do they really like get down obviously what what you know what we started this out talking about was getting into a relationship and then basically getting like diluted your own power your own understanding of yourself gets diluted or or you use it to avoid but what about guys how can they get really clear on a relationship that they kind of have one foot in one foot out how can they get clear on why that is and be honest with themselves and then go to this person and like, kind of like you didn't say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, this is getting a little more serious. Like I'm a little afraid because let's just call, you know, let's call past traumas, past programs, conditions. Right. I got really hurt in a relationship. How do guys, how, do, how can guys get really vulnerable with somebody that they know can really hurt them based on like they, they had that past trauma? You know, I, I think that honestly, this is something that I run across a lot in my coaching and working with men. And the simple fact is that a lot of us go into relationships with traumas that needed to be healed in the first place before entering totally. into new situations. So that is, it's somewhat indicative of a, a trauma or a wound not being completely healed. However, now it's like, it's like a memory, right? A trauma is essentially a memory. So it's like healing, it doesn't take away the memory. Healing, it doesn't take away certain setups 
if you know what I mean. So let's say, yeah. for example, you your, your last lady that you were in a traumatic relationship with, you met her at a nightclub. And now you meet another girl at a nightclub, like, you know, the memory is saying, okay, this is very similar. No matter how optimistic I'm going to be about this, I'm somewhat traveling the same road and very likely to end up in the same situation. So I definitely feel as if, you know, the the vulnerability turns to power when a man really understands himself at a very, very high level and, and can say, okay, this is what I want. Because sometimes in those rare cases, you can set what it is that you want in advance and let them know and they'll either respect it or or reject it and but that should be our position as well we need to be coming into these relationships from a more healed position understanding not just that this hurt but this is what i did that created this situation i went to nightclubs i got drunk you know what i'm saying i got a little high and i selected people that I didn't really know. So like, I can't really expect to get better until I literally begin to do better. And I think that's a big thing because a lot of people, men and women are are bringing unhealed traumas into relationships, not really understanding that these are things that actually do need to be worked out, you know, before you you start again. Why do most guys, there's two questions there. I want to start with what, why do most guys not handle their shit? prior to a relationship forget about prior to a relationship let's just talk in general man like there are 700 and by the time this goes out there's probably over 800 people in my men on purpose community Mm -hmm. maybe let's say 50 percent. just just going by like the general population let's say that my men on purpose community is a cross section of the population maybe 50 percent haven't handled their shit that's why they're in there they're looking like i love like somebody will say I've right. been a part of your group for a month, but I haven't been active. I haven't done anything. What can I do? Or something you said the other day triggered me. How, what can I do? And I'll say, dude, the fact that you signed up and you're there and you haven't just quit on it, like that's step one saying, I want to go to an environment where I can meet somebody. I can look at things. I can get help. I can be in an environment with an ecosystem that other people, other men, especially are working or looking to help themselves. Why, why right. do not, why do they, why do these guys, why do the majority of guys and women, I'm not leaving you out. I'm just, we're just talking about guys. Like, why do the majority of guys not handle their shit before they get into a relationship, a new job? Like, uh, 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 what is it? Simple, bro. It's not conditioned. It's not habitual behavior We're, we've got to go to work. We've got to get money. Yeah. We've got to look good. <laughs> and, and in some cases we can't, turn down sex (laughs) you know so like i'm not done dealing with my shit but at the same time she's offering it to me and (laughs) it's been a couple months and you know like it's not habitual it's not conditioned within us It's, it's not a part of our you know our premise in life and i think that once it becomes that which of course it's not easy neither like because it depends on what kind of shit you need to clear yeah yeah so here's the follow-up to that why do why do most men um not respect themselves or care for themselves enough to say no you know what this is i'd like to learn a little bit more about you before this sexual relationship gets wild i'd like to learn a bit more about you and like to tell you a little bit more about me is a deep thing like is it just a fear of getting hurt or 
or like uh, looking bad or looking like a wimp or looking weak or like what, what is, what is that? What's that reason why most men are, are doing activities? I call it audio, not matching the video. Like the activities are like this and they're, they're in pattern yet. What they say over here is a completely different thing. Right. You know what I mean? Literally, I had some a lady on my Instagram say something about that. She said, like, what about men who claim to have these standards, but are not living it up, living up to them? And I think that also goes back to that whole conditioning kind of thing. Like sure. for the most part, right? Like I said, we, we it's hard to resist them, sure. right? And then yeah. secondly, like we have a bunch of distractions. Like we, I, I think... I think we we really underestimate how embedded the female validation system is within our psyches ever since we were boys, you know. And I think that that's really something that men have to really get learn how to do on their own or with other men for a consistent amount of time, you know. Like it has to be it has to become habitual. It has to raise your standards. It has to change the way you look at things before you can really implement it successfully. Because if you're, if you spent 30 years in hookup culture and you decide that you want to get married, like not because you decided that you want to get married means that it's going to happen like that. Because the other thing is women themselves, that's a part of their power. Their part of their power is you saying yes to them. And, yeah. and, 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 and like I said, I, I'm, I'm creating this thing, this, this concept that I've been working on for at least four years now. It's called strategic court and for high value men. I think that one of the things that men literally don't know how to do is that we don't know how to court. We don't yeah. know how to ask the relevant questions that matter to our own personal evolution. So it's like, okay, she's good for now, but I'm changing and I'm growing and I'm growing in this particular direction, even though I don't know what it's going to be, but this is the direction that I'm heading in. And you need to be able to figure out if the person is going to be able to join you on that ride. And a lot of times we don't have the, the due, dil the due dil diligence nor the discipline to really ask the right questions to figure out if this person is not just a short-term fit, but a long-term fit. Who are you becoming? Like, if you don't know who you're becoming, like, how is she going to know? Because women on the most, for the most part, once you, once, once they figure out that we're attracted to them and once they have, you know, uh, an attraction value or what we call a sexual marketplace value that yeah. they can use and leverage against you. In some cases, you're more, more concerned about securing her and where you want her versus losing her because she's leveraging her attraction levels to get you to say yes. But at the same time, you're only saying yes because of, of perceived scarcity. You're not sure. really saying yes because it's what's meant for you. And so I feel as if the whole courting game versus the dating game, they're just two different. It's, it's, it's basketball at a park versus, you know, college or, or MBA. It's not even close. Sure. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like when you talked about jealousy, I was thinking about like FOMO, right? Fear of missing right. out. Exactly. You know, or when you said like how men are like, they, they just don't want to be alone or they, they just, they basically don't want to miss out on this opportunity because 
it's scarcity or it's there's some there's not a lot out there there's not a lot of options even though it looks like there's a lot of options there is it's almost <laughs> like i was talking to someone the other day it's like it's almost like going through a grocery store and you're like damn there's an abundance of food here and then when you right. go to check out a hundred items let's say the checkout person is like oh i'm so sorry i rang up all hundred of your items only six of them are not blacked out you know what i mean like blackout <laughs> dates for like travel right like Oh, 92 of the items that you selected. Oh, those are, this is a blackout day today. You can only buy those on the third Thursday of the third month. And you're like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Right. I feel like dating apps are like that. They look like an entire grocery store of opportunity, which by the way, is so damn overwhelming to people. Yet there's like, there's a very limited number of, con- of real connections in there. And, and that I think scares Facts. people. And, and you, know? you know, with the grocery store analogy, it's kind of like also, when you consider everything that's in a grocery store, like you said, it's the illusion of abundance. But let's yeah. say if we just looked at it from a, like, I, I'm, I'm a health coach as well. And I work with men right. with health and women too. And um, if I were, it's, it's a statistical fact that 60 to 70% of everything in the grocery store either contains some form of genetically modified ingredient or is genetically modified in some ways. So if you're on a diet where you're avoiding GMOs or what have you, or anything synthetic, then 60 to 70% of what's in the grocery store doesn't really apply. You can't eat it. And so I think a lot of men don't know until they they've gone through some things to really and truly understand what works for them because a lot of men did they when they're in the grocery store it's like you said fair missing out you want to grab it right now it, and and everything on the grocery shelf looks good it yeah. looks good it's, yeah. it's when you take it home where you really understand and start <laughs> reading the ingredients it'd be like damn what is this like what is, yeah <laughs> you know like let me google this like you yeah. know and that's and, and I, I believe that that's very similar you know for men and women because sure. We're, our representatives know how to look good, dress good, smell good, and impress us, but don't necessarily uh, qualify for what we need in our lives. Sure, you know it's a it. Like we were talking about the dating profile earlier. When you when you meet somebody on a first date, blind date, or at a club, which by the way, I want to ask you if that environment actually like has a it matters. Um, like this is a job interview. Everybody is showing up as their best, looking their best, doing their best, talking their best, saying like everything is their best on a freaking job interview. Yeah. You almost have to be trained to cut through that type of shit and say like, where's the real person in all this? Now I will tell you that I have dated women that have just been very authentic on the first date yet. I knew. So dude, I'll tell you, like in my past, there were, there were women who I knew were dating other people. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to scoop them up because I couldn't bear to see them with somebody else. Like that was my ins- major insecurity. Facts. I would rather date you and be not happy, not as happy. Then let someone else have date you. my friend. Yeah. And it was right. a crazy thought. You That's know? that FOMO. That's that FOMO that you're right. talking about. Right. And then now you, now you're dating somebody and you realize, Oh my gosh, it's not for me neither. And I've expended all this energy all this right. time. And right. now as I get to know her, I realize, Whoa, <laughs> right and like well, listen, you said go-, or go ahead no go ahead and like you said like even as you evolve it'll be great to involve a woman into it but like when you're when you're choosing based on scarcity or just what um appeals to the eyes you're not really in that growth stage like that so you know you're it's really just going to be something that ends pretty soon yeah 
or you stay in because FOMO was really kicking and you right. stay there for way longer than you needed to. That's and a big you one. are like, and you're like, not only are you, are you more damaged psychologically, you now have resentment and regret and anger on top of it. Now you have all new brain wiring traumas that you've got Facts. to contend with, which is like- It's a big deal too. Disservice. It's a total disservice. Yeah, and, 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 and it matters because, you know, a lot of men, like I, I spoke about this recently as well in the sense that, you know, until I had my bad relationships towards my, the end of my 20s, I hadn't been in bad relationships. So like I had this expectation that everything is going to work out like the previous ones did. And then, you know, after going through the bad ones now, I had to be realized that, okay, like this is, this is, this can literally happen again if I do or repeat the same actions that I was taking to get into these. And like, I really have to change if I want something different. It's crazy. Is that a rite of passage though? You have to go through a shitty relationship to understand how great ones work. And, you know, I talk about this all the time that it's unfortunate for most men that this is quite failed relationships is quite frankly, our rites of passage. And it, and it really shouldn't be that way. You know, we, we should be, you know, underneath the tutelage of those who can help us find our life's purpose at 10, 12, 13 years old and being dedicated to that. But instead even at those ages, we're already locked into the female validation seeking um, lifestyle where we're looking for a girlfriend as a means to say, hey, I'm a man and, and I'm cool and, and, I'm, and I'm socially acceptable by others, especially because she's so hot. Like yeah. you, you have yeah, no right. choice. but to- <laughs> Right. I mean, dude, I live in L.A. That, that is like it is, it is apparent here. There's some dudes yeah. and you're like, how are they together? And you know what it is. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's a transaction almost. It's a it trade, is. you know, and, it, and relationships should not be transactions. They shouldn't be. As a matter of fact, I, I don't mean, mean like sex trade, by the way. I don't mean like right. a sex trade transaction. I mean, like, uh, you keep me company. You do this for me. I do this for you. Maybe there's an exchange of money, not in terms of like paying for sex or something like that or companionship, right. just like, Hey, look, I'll cover your bills. You, you know, we'll be together. We'll build this relationship. It looks great on Facebook, yet it doesn't have any depth. And it's ex- and, and for many in many cases, bro, it's exactly like that. Especially yeah. in a place like LA. It's yeah. exactly like that. Like it's very transactional. And and she puts a lot of energy into appealing to that, you know, to, to that exchange, so to speak, just like a lot of men put a lot of energy into the clothes, the car and the status. So that way they themselves can become transactional with the women. Okay. I know that if I have this, I should be able to negotiate for a better looking woman. Unfortunately, it's just about looks for the most part. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is guys, I met my wife when I lived in my dad's warehouse. Wow. And I, and I drove a windowless van (laughs) no joke no joke and uh luckily my parents knew her parents and her sisters and and um i went to pick her up for a date once in this van like i had another car too but it was out for repo because that's just how my life was back then so i stored that in the warehouse so repo man couldn't get it i took this van that was paid off knowing that nobody would take that (laughs) not the repo man not the bank and when i pulled up to her house her roommates were like you're not getting in that are you 
And she was like, no, I, I know him. I know him. I know his parents. Like everything's good. And I think about it today with my daughter who's six. And I'm like, even if I knew a guy like who's just like, he's driving a windowless van and living in a warehouse. Obviously it's not my choice as to who she dates. However, what would you think as a parent? I, I, I was like, what were her, what's her dad thinking about me? And, and did he even care? Like, maybe I should ask him this, but like, did he even care that I was technically a loser? Like I was just <laughs> down and out. Like my mindset was junk. My focus, my confidence was, was, wasn't there. And I don't think that the former me, by the way, would have been able to attract her into my life. The egotistical, arrogant, overconfident, false bravado guy who I was in my 20s never would have attracted her in ever. So I mean, it actually was a good thing. I mean, I, I think that the, that's a favorable setup too. you know, sure. having common family members and knowing each other. I think that definitely worked in your favor. And probably yeah. saved her from a lot of transactional dating too. You never know, bro. <laughs> sure, sure. But you know, what, what's interesting is um, I see these Instagram, you know, I don't know, not memes, like they're like quote cards, you know, and it'll say, don't, don't attract her with wealth, build wealth together or build your lives or build riches or build success together. That's exactly what we did. We were, we had nothing when we met, like nothing. And we built businesses together. And the only reason we were able to do that is because we were on the same page in some capacity. I'm telling you, the relationship right. wasn't the best in the beginning. Yet there was something that was present. For me, it was a, dr a drive and determination to succeed and to get us out of what situation we were in. And for her, what's very interesting for me is the trust level that she had for me and I didn't have for me. So I want to like just, just let guys know who are in maybe a marriage for 10, 15 years, and they just don't understand why their spouse stayed with them when they were like in their asshole phase, if that was the thing, or their down and out phase. And, and, I, and I encourage you, go open a level of communication to where you can ask your wife and she will give you, or even your ex-wife, she will give you clarity as to why she stayed. And because I right. think that would actually help. It helped me big time, really helped right. me understand who she was for me and who I needed to be for her. I think, and I think also what's important about these dynamics is that, sure, like it's one thing to be or have everything or what have you, but even a guy who has it all can be intimidating to a woman who doesn't. Sure. And, and women and people tend to, regardless of, I mean, outside of hypergamous women, people generally tend to date around their level or one step up, one step below or whatever the case is, but it's relative. And I'm not sure if that's a bad thing, but because sometimes people don't ever go to the next level, you know? So if someone sees your ability to actually go to the next level, I think that for many men, whether you're in your early twenties or thirties or whatever the case is, there are going to be some attributes about you that are observable to a woman right away 
And, you know, you have to consider that she knows your family. So, you know, they know your, fa your father and your mother or what have you that, you know, that stands for something as well, too, because that in my, in my system of, of really courting a woman, I think that's a key aspect of, you know, of really being able to make it work is to understand where these people come from. So if at the very least you come from somewhere that's relatable to me, I can understand it and it's, it's relative, then, you know, the, the, the connection may, may, you know, be more more prosperous in time because, hey, I know his dad. I know what they're made of. I know what kind of people they are. And this is what matters. And, and I think a lot of guys really have to be able to show all these different things. Not saying that you're showing off, but I'm a human being. Like I'm imperfect. This is where I come from. This is my mom. This is my dad. You know, like my dad works hard or my dad doesn't work at all. Whatever the case is, it matters. And if a woman can look and see where you are, because you're doing the same to her. You're going to be looking at her, her family and her background and all those things if you're properly courting. But in the hookup culture, people hardly even meet their parents or family members, they're, they're the people that they're dating, you know? So it's, it's totally different. I think that this is a better position to come from where the connections are already there. What about settling? There's a... I have a lot of friends from either high school or college that no longer friends anymore. I've like, we've just kind of outgrown each other um, or out evolved each other. Maybe that's a better word. Um, yeah. Who I know were, were trying to make it. They were trying to be successful. They had started a business or they had, you know, started climbing a corporate ladder or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and then somebody came along, like when you were saying like maybe one step up, one step down, kind of dating at your level. And they, they met this person that was usually a level down and mm -hmm. they went, fuck it. I don't, I don't need to stretch for this. This person expects this. I get to, I get to quit almost on my, my dream or my ambition. And I'm just going to, I'm going to stay right here. Do, do you see that a lot? I, I do. But I think that within itself is, is also kind of a part of the habitual Sure. social conditioning that we're in like if you've got a big ego you don't want to be challenged even when you're wrong and if you've yeah. got you know some issues with within yourself that you can hide because let's just be honest most people are not really coming to the table saying hey man i, I i've got anger issues hey right. i've been you know assaulted sexually assaulted as a child and I'm still dealing with certain things. Most people are not going to come out with everything of who they are. So, you know, if you're not doing that in the discovery process, or if you don't even know how to discover these things before you know it, you're laying down with a person and you, and, and, and you find out later on that she's been through this, he's been through that. And it really does change the perspective, but here you are, you're there. And most people are going to actually try to work it out in some capacity. And that's when, in my opinion, it gets really, really tricky because who yeah. knows if you have the skills or, or the, the relative understanding to help that person through what they're going through, but you should have actually done the homework on her or him before yeah. you got that far, but we're not taught this. So therefore, you know, these real, you know, critical questions and, and, and conversations 
you know, they're, they're not being had. It's not the same. It's really not. So if, like coming from a situation like yourself, where your families knew each other, there's just a lot that's superimposed because you know each other. So there, there's a lot of guessing that, that, that you don't have to do. But when you're meeting strangers now, they could tell you that she could tell you that she was raped after one year together. Yeah. And, and, and then you're, yeah. you're like, okay, now this makes sense why you behave like this, this, that, right. and that, but you're not committed in some cases. Uh, and, you know, that could be the false illusion that you were taking one step up, right. but in actuality, this person was hiding their traumas, hiding their issues. And you realize that, okay, it's not even, it's not a step up actually it's a step back and it can possibly go up if this person does the healing but now we're in a relationship can we do it together can they be humble enough to share their vulnerability like you were saying earlier man man or woman with the other person so that way they can actually grow because i really do believe that who you attract whether it's good or bad it's for a reason and and and, and, I, and the mirror concept is that I also believe that some people are here to help you heal or help you show you or help show you where you need to heal. It's just a matter of are you are you ready for that? Are you ready to do yeah. that with someone else? And that's why in my book, it's so much about being able to do this on your own as a man and with other men, as opposed to getting in the relationship. And, and having to do this, because even just being like, like you're saying, like you had nothing, like even just being broke is, 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 a, is being vulnerable with your woman. Cause she knows that you don't have that much money. Right. Right. <laughs> Our first Valentine's day was spent in the conference room of that warehouse. And we, we drank wine that I made in the warehouse and we, I set up a bunch of tea lights and I couldn't really afford anything. So I set tea lights up in the, in a, um, like a heart shape, like pattern on the, on the conference room table. And I, um, and we, we got drunk on homemade wine and we danced to Backstreet Boys and sync all night, like nineties pop music. And like, and, and, that and was I, so damn authentic and genuine. It was just and, us together there. And, and that's about as authentic as it gets, because guess sure. what? You made that wine. <laughs> and that matters for something, bro. It matters for something. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah, totally it matters agree. for something. And women, whether it's important to them or not, it means it, it says something about you, you yeah. know, because you're even humble enough to be in a relationship with someone while you're living in a warehouse. Yeah. And look, I had a choice. I could have lived with my parents. I could have probably crashed on a friend's couch. It's just at that time in, in the end of the like 2009, like 10 it, it was a lot of uh, turmoil and, and drama in my parents' house because my dad's business was really struggling. And, and I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to be a part of that environment. Like I love my parents and they were like, my dad was obviously at the office with me every day. And I just didn't want to be a part of that environment. Not that it was bad. It just didn't feel like I was going to get anywhere from it. I feel like it was going to kind of like suck me into the quicksand. So I chose to, just be by myself. And I, I was scared to death to live in that freaking warehouse and shower in a sink. However, I think it kind of talk about rites of passage. I, I think it taught me so it much definitely. about survival and like about what you really need in life. Like all I needed was a blanket. I did carry a, a gun. So let's not like, let's not, right. it wasn't, wasn't the safest area. I carried right. a gun. I, uh, I needed a blanket, a pillow, a place to sleep 
and I ate peanut butter and jelly on rice cakes because that's really all I could afford. And every once in a while, like when there was a little bit of money that came in, I would I would get like a piece of salmon and some rice and and that's what I did. That's what I survived on. And I did yoga every day and I watched the office and I had, I actually had a really good time with myself and I didn't have to spend time driving back and forth to the house. I just left the office, went through a door, went to another office and I just lived there for yeah. quite a long time. And it was cool. There's, there's but, a level of grit and authenticity. Yeah. That's, that's a part of that. And I honestly believe that I say, I say this to a lot of guys all the time when it comes to stories like that, like, Every woman is not here to help you build or even to struggle with you. Sure. It, it, sure. It, and, and you can't be mad at them because guess what? If you made it to the, you know, major league baseball and you're, you're not getting paid the big bucks and you meet a woman while you're in your third, fourth or fifth year of being a pro after making a lot of money, like you can't penalize her for not being there when you were eating rice cakes (laughs) you know while you were in college yeah this is where you are now and in some cases you know they get the finished product or the you know the i don't know if it's wherever product finished but we get the more polished version and you can't be mad at her for that but it does require for you to have a different mindset if you meet her there versus the mindset of when you meet her when you're on your way up because you know the struggle that a lot of men have is that they believe for the most part that it's very it's very rare to find a woman who's going to stay with you she's got to really see the the talent and the potential within you but first of all you've got to see it and even you know and you have to and you have to be and even if you don't see it because i've been there where i didn't see my own success i didn't see my own star or so to speak but you've got to have it and so that way even if you're not so confident she sees it and once you've got it like I, i really believe that it does make it a little easier for you for a woman to build with you but she herself has to understand these principles of what it takes to come from nothing or with someone and to work cooperatively with someone and this is what a lot of men are struggling with these days because you know relationships have been a mess for the last 50 years you're lucky if you got parents at home these days you're lucky if you if you've got good examples that to show you certain things and because and if you do you'll be almost, you'll be lucky and fortunate to find someone else, a woman who does also, right. because yeah. we're so, there's so much going on. So like, if there's something visual, uh, something to hope for is some work ethic, there's some grind, some grit, you know, like at least she felt protected while she was there with you in the warehouse, right? <laughs> that counts for uh, something. So. Well, let's, let's like kind of call it like it is. She was able to see the real me behind the ego and the bravado and like that, that kind of false flag I was putting up right? because I had eliminated so much of the facade, right? I was like, and, and I tell guys this all the time, stop trying so freaking hard. Like, don't, 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 don't put every firework you have up in the first two minutes, like save something for halftime, save something for the final, like, like pace yourself out. Don't try and impress her with your clothes and your car and all that shit, because she would have never seen me for me. And the reason why I am who I am today, like whatever success, whatever the parent I am, the husband I am is because of her belief in me. It matters, bro. 
It matters. It's big. That's big. I think there's a Kanye West um, um, documentary out on Netflix right now. Yeah, I saw and, it, yeah. And I haven't seen it yet, but all I keep hearing about is how, how much his mother believed in him. And sure. it's just a real source of, of strength to have people, not just, not just a woman, but people in your corner who actually believe in your highest potential. I think that's so key. And, um, and, and like I said, you know, when you found someone who's okay with building with you, man, like it's a great position to be in. And if I'm, and for the men who have already built a little something for themselves, finding someone to, to cooperate with you along the lines of what you've built and, and to join you, that's, that's not all, always easy, too, because no. you have to worry about it. Why is she with me? Because I, I have a nice car. Is she with me? Because I live in this community. Is she with me? You know, a lot of guys are wondering that. A lot of guys are broken and are wondering that, too. <laughs> like, sure. like these guys that, that I see on the Internet constantly talking about how they don't want to get married because because they're going to lose all their money. We're like, bro, you ain't got no money. Like, you got, yeah, like, right, right, right. Why are you concerned about that? <laughs> you know, what's find someone is, who can help you build and get the money and then worry about that later. Get it first. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what's interesting is uh, when, when we were going through like marriage counseling in 2016, we're just, we just could not see eye to eye. We're just having tons of challenges. First kid was here. Like, and I said to the marriage counselor, I, I called it a, um, a, a, emotional coach, emotional and mental health coach, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure why she stays with me. And that was me just being vulnerable. Like, I'm not going to be tough right now. Like, I'm not going to try and protect myself. I'm, I'm being honest. Like, I'm not sure why she stays with me. I'm not a nice person. I don't love myself right now. I don't, I don't like myself. I hate my business. I don't like going, getting up every day. Like I, I'm pissed off at the world. And the counselor said, Meredith, why does, why do you stay with him? And she burst into tears and she, she literally just said, because I know who he really is. And I trust that he will find that guy someday. He'll bring that guy out and everything will be great. And so it was super deep, man. And like, I, I was like, well, maybe is that, is that in, her insecurity? And she doesn't want to go out and find another guy. So she's going to wait around for me to do my thing. But what I took it as was get your shit together, dude. You got this person that believes in you that, that the reason why you have success right now is because you borrowed her confidence in you when you didn't have any. And like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna end this thing because like, it, because it's, it's hard or it's challenging or she makes me feel, uh, you know, unsafe sometimes, or she makes me feel a certain way. That's not on her. That's on me. That feeling is on me, how that pops right. up. And so what was interesting was, and I, I'm going to follow this up with a question. What was interesting is, she was, she was like authentically there for me, supporting me. And the number one thing that like a, a divorce attorney said to me was, you guys can't get divorced. You haven't done the work yet. And I find that most divorce couples haven't done the work like on that. themselves. They try and do the work on the relationship, but the relationship is only the makeup of the two of them and they're not doing their work. So the relationship still sucks. And this right. divorce attorney said, don't get divorced, man. It'd be the worst fucking mistake you ever make. You'll regret it for the rest of your life. You'll probably wind up getting back together when you get your shit together, but you owe each other to do the work on yourselves. So the relationship will naturally elevate when you do the work on yourself. And with that, That's I want to, I want to say to people listening, my job was to create that space for her, that space for myself to grow. Like I said in the beginning, and then open that space for her and hold that space safe for her so that she can say like, it's my turn. 
And I support, and I'm saying, I support you on that, you know? So man, if you're not hearing your wife, if you're kind of listening, it's going one ear out the other. Not that I don't do that. (laughs) Like I'm not perfect. If you're not hearing what she needs and then making the space for her to get that saying to her, well, if you want to go to the Pilates studio, or if you want to go to the yoga studio, or if you want to go to grab something to eat with your girlfriends, you totally can just put it on the calendar. What is not present is a safe space for her to feel like she can exercise that for herself. There's a self-love, a self-value thing. She doesn't feel important enough to be able to do that for herself. That's our job to create that space as Absolutely. a partner, not as a man, as a partner. Like Aaron and I, we do that for each other as business partners. We have to create those spaces for each other. We're not perfect. We have our shit, you know? Right. And I think that's key. I really do believe that that's key from the perspective of the masculine is supposed to bring that, create parameters. You know, like if, if you have, if you have, let's say a farm, right. Uh, And you have animals on the farm, so to speak, like the masculine is knowing where the borders are is creating the space so no one comes on the farm and takes your animals. You know, right. the masculine is creating the the rows and putting everything where it needs to be. And so I, I definitely feel like that's that's key wisdom right there. The ability to literally create space and 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 consistently create space. Like you may have to change a particular area of the farm so to speak because yeah. let's say you got cattle and you've got goats or whatever the case is and you have to rotate them you're going to have to change the space as the requirements change as as life changes and so that's a very important thing for men and and, you know that's also something that either we learn or you know we we don't learn so to speak but you know it's you you have the power to do that especially a person who's firmly in his masculine essence you have the power to do that because you're going to create space for yourself anyways. And, and that's the other thing that you, you'll find with a lot of men who are not succeeding in their relationships. They haven't created no any space for themselves, yeah. nothing yeah. for them to learn, nothing for them to grow. You know, and, and, and a lot of guys, yeah, they, they hit me up about my book and they say, you know, you see, your book is about taking a break from relationships. But what if I'm in a relationship? I'm like, right. take the break still. Where, where is she going? Doesn't she love you? Do, do you love her? The yeah. break is, you know, once you've created that space now, bro, what happens now is that she respects the space. Yeah. And, and then not only that, you assure her that this is actually a break for me to work on me. This is not a yeah. break for me to go looking for somebody else to replace you. You know, she's got to trust you on that. She's got to trust right, you because, on that. Yeah, because that's what men, that's what men, that's what we think. When a woman right. says she needs a break, we think, oh, gosh, she's going to be oh, calling no, her ex. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. right. But, you know, once you have learned to do these things, because there are just going to be times where you need space, no matter how well, you know, you guys get along. There's going to be times. And if you're accustomed to creating that space and it's sacred space of where you can elevate, where you can learn and where she benefits from the space that you've created not just because you become a better person, but also she sees that you're trying to better yourself. So in that space that you created, it now creates space for her to do totally. the same, totally. you know, and, and that's a big deal. Yeah. My wife and I call them walkabouts last year, the beginning of the year, I lived here in LA. My wife and kids lived at home or in Baltimore before we moved to LA. And my wife said, look, you need to go out there. You got a, you got a free place to stay. 
um, take advantage, go, go do the work on you. And then it was up to me to not take that for granted and not go out and party and do all these things. Granted COVID was crazy in LA. So everything was shut down. So it was a great time for me to, to take a break, take this space week, two at a time and work on me, which then helped the relationship, helped the business, helped myself as a dad. But what's interesting is I think a lot of women or a lot of men that I say like, dude, tell your wife, you're going to go away by yourself for three days and you go sleep in your car. I don't care. You don't have to spend any money. Like, right. And they'll say my wife, my wife will say like, you, you haven't been present for the family. Now you just want to go take a vacation. And I'll say, <laughs> well, what's missing is her trust that you're actually going to do the work, the right work, not the, that's key. Oh, I, I played around and went to a bar and got stoned and then, you know, ran or met some friends in town. That's, that's not it. The work is by yourself where you usually don't want to be right. We usually exactly. use things to avoid that. Uh, straight, not straight as in sexuality, it was straight, like mind, no, no substances, no porn, no bullshit like that. And like actually taking the time for yourself, looking in a mirror and saying, man, I'm fucking worth it. Like yeah. I'm worth it. I'm worth doing this work on. And it kind of makes me emotional thinking about my own journey when I, when I had to sit in front of a mirror and say, dude, you're fucking worth it. You're worth it. You can do this for yourself. Like, please. And it was weird talking to myself in a mirror saying like, please do this work, man, your children, your wife, like your business. There's so many people out there that depend on you. You're modeling, like right. do this work, commit to this thing. Actually, I didn't have kids at that time, but like still it was my future children. Right. So dude, I, we, we're, we're tight on time and I, I got so many things I want to talk to you about. Well, let's do it again in yeah. another time if possible, man. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more. I'm going to ask you one more question. So how do you know when to end it? So my wife and I could have ended it. We could have just checked out because both of us were being stubborn. No, I was being stubborn. How do you know when to end it? Like, is it, is there a formula? Is there a, a, a Honestly, since since this is one of my areas of specializations, like I I believe that ending it really happens, or you know when to end it when you really know what you want, when you really know not just what you want, but who you are and who you're becoming. And everything within you says that the needs that I have will not be met. Not the frustration that I'm having with this person is causing this. Not that she did this and I don't like that because to me, that's another form of escapism and not really dealing with yourself nor dealing with, you know, because you're not the only person with problems in a relationship. Everyone does. So, you know, but once you have gotten to the point where you're like, you know what, you know, I, I literally want someone who cooks a lot instead of, you know, like, and you're like, and she's like, you know, I'm not cooking. I don't like cooking. Once you, once, once you, you realize that what you need, you're not going to get. Is it what I mean, you want or what you need? I want to get clarification for the, for the people listening more women, by the way, listen to this than men. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I, I love it. Um, is it, is it need or want? Because want, I feel like is the cooking thing where need is like emotional support and, you know, psychological, like, you know, support of the depth. I, I, you that's break a up great with question someone over is, cooking? Excuse me? You break up with someone over that they want to cook? No, 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 never. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what I've realized about myself is that 
I like personally, I like home cooked meals. I like to sit down and, and sure. eat a meal with my partner, eat a meal with my family. So, you know, like if someone is not really about that kind of lifestyle and it's obvious and, and they're going to stake their position and say, this is what they want, then I feel as if it's okay to respect the differences. And if she really feels as if, you know, meeting your need is that important to her, then she will. But to answer your question, the difference between a need and a want, like, I really feel as if that really does lay within that work that you do on your own, because I'd like to say that you shouldn't be with a woman you don't want. Because like, that's the first thing that we, we we're attracted to, we're attracted to what we want. So like, getting what you need out of partnership is where that extra work that you're talking about comes in. Because like, you sometimes didn't even know what you needed when you got in the relationship. So like the whole process of learning what you need. And if you ever find it that the needs that are core to you, like I'm a big fan of the, the love language stuff, like, you know, like, so if your love language is words of affirmation, let's say my love language is words of affirmation. Like, bro, I, I tell you, like, if the person has terrible communication like for some reason it just doesn't work for me it's not some reason it's because i need that i need these words i need to know and like sure she can be beautiful and sure she can cook and she and i and apparently i like people who can cook right and that's important to me but it's not as important to me as the communication that I need according to my love language. So I believe that everyone has love needs and that they somewhat don't discover until they do that personal work. And once you have, it really comes down to you being able to say, okay, this is her love need and this is mine. I can meet hers. And if I can meet hers, then it's realistic for me to say, hey, I need mine met. So how long do you hang though? So it, it, it really communication in all honesty, like honest, authentic, real deep level communication comes from someone's personal growth. That's what you were just saying. Certainly. How, how long do you hang? How long do you, um, how long do you wait around? Married is different than, than like just, just a couple, because then you have just a quick out, you know, not, you just don't have a piece of paper and marital assets and that kind of thing. How long do you hang? Is there, is there like a, I know there's not a standard time frame. What are the what are the parameters that someone is? I don't want to say conditions either. Like let's say parameters that someone puts around, like getting what they need, and what is their responsibility in helping that other person give them what they need? Maybe they're the ones blocking it. They're asking for it and begging for it, but they're blocking that person's level of clear and open communication because of how they're acting. Right. For sure. And yeah. I think that that's such a great concept to really understand because I, I say this to a lot of guys because listen if she's been through um, a lot of things that you don't understand what it means is that you don't understand <laughs> and if you can't like create a bridge to understanding with her or if that bridge is not easy to create I'm not saying that you can't but you know the the, the more willing or able you are to create a bridge to understanding what the person has gone through and where they are in their life that determines how long because if you're if if it takes five years 10 years or whatever the case is like how long are you willing to be unhappy for how much patience do you have how mature are you are you winning in the other aspects of your life let's say because i tell the guys this all the time like okay you meet a girl you like girl it works for a while and you don't work out with her, what do you have left? 
you should have your purpose left. You should be happy. You still should still be happy with who you are. You should know where you're going in life. And, and a lot of men, if you know, if you're not get, if, if things are really not working out for you, for your own personal growth, your own personal life it's going to lead to you having less patience with sure. somebody else coming around to you. So I really do believe that those things matter in how long you wait. But I, I, I absolutely believe that with some good therapy, um, with some good talking, with good advisors, good elders, other people who can help you guys. I've, I really believe that it could be clearer to you whether or not this is worth holding on to. And you've got to be able to believe in somebody, you know, just like she believed in you. Like yeah. if you saw that there was a point where she wasn't meeting up to something or whatever the case is, you got to be able to believe in that person in order to galvanize them and motivate them to meet those needs. Because it's, it's, it really does like, it's not transactional, but it's definitely the reciprocity is, is a big part of it. So like, if they're able to get their needs filled, fulfilled, and you are too, like it makes such a difference in where you're going. And if you feel optimistic about these needs being met, then in my opinion, it's worth it because as you know, the grass is only green where you water it, (laughs) you know? Dude, that's, that's a, I think that's a great place to end. The grass is only green where you water it. So clear. That's so damn clear. Look, Nakata Brown, it's been a great pleasure, man. I love having these conversations. I'm so glad and blessed that I get to do it on a mic where other people are listening and like getting something from the conversations. And that's how really this podcast started. So thanks for being here, man, and imparting us with so much wisdom and clarity around some of these challenges we're having. Certainly my, my pleasure, Ian, because like, like you said, man, you know, I've been, my book came out over six, about six years ago now, and it's just been consistently working around these questions, working around these subjects. And like, I I love sharing it and I'm working with more men these days. And I just, I'm glad to have these conversations because like, like we've just spoken about, like a lot of it is deeply embedded in us. So like the desire to change, the desire to evolve Oh my gosh. Like it, it changes everything. It changes everything. It does. does. And it not only changes the dynamic between you and your partner, it changes yourself in your job as a parent, you know, as a father, as a mother, as a friend, as a son or daughter, it's crazy. It, it, It is really crazy. It's a, it's a, um, it's exponential when you choose to work on yourself, really understand why you're here, your purpose, it is exponential how many more people you help in the world because you're not self-centered and conditional anymore. You're just authentic and unconditional in your love and your respect for people. It's a beautiful thing, man. I love the work that you're doing. I really support it. I know that we as the Mental Purpose Organization support you and what you're doing for the world and keep it up, dude. Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. All right, audience, hope you enjoyed this one. We'll catch you on the next one.